Okay, so two weeks ago, um, in the first part of this series, Jago gave a biblical view of marriage and singleness, where he highlighted the fact that we are all in Christ, whole. We aren't incomplete human beings uh, looking for someone to complete us, but, we are, but our identity in Christ means that we are whole. And then last week, Tim spoke about dating, asking the very important question of how are we to date? And he also focused on honouring one another. But the main thing that Tim and Jago spoke on was our first love, which is Jesus. 1 John 4.19 famously states that we love because he, that being Jesus, first loved us. And, you know, that, that first love, Jesus being our first love, is the inspiration for the title of this series. Uh, they also spoke about the importance of singleness, uh, dating, and marriage within a Christian community. Uh, we're all here to love and to support each other, regardless of whether we are single, dating, or married. We are for each other, we are to love each other, and we live rooted in the love that Christ has extended to us all. Amen? Amen. So, most of you already know who, who I am. Um, I've had a really nice night off not singing, and, um, but I am the worship leader here at the church. I also run um, our social media, our AV, um, and I've been at HTC uh, three years this September. And I'm Jen, and I work for a national youth charity called the Foyer Federation, and I've been coming to HTC for five years in October, I think. And uh, we, we've been asked to uh, do this talk because we met, uh, dated, uh, got engaged and got married here at HTC. Um, and so let's just kind of back, backtrack ever so slightly to that first meeting. Um, we met... <laughs> we, met um, we met on a Thursday night uh, just at the back of church. Um, and it was, it was the marriage course. Not that we were with other people partaking in the marriage course. Um, I, was, I was running the AV, um, and Jen was uh, ready to do some HTC sports and go on a run. And um, we exchanged a few words, nothing, nothing profound, just something very, very brief. Um, and then a few months later, uh, I was hosting a sort of sung worship evening as a part of one of our 24-7 prayer weeks. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a special, special time. Um, and Jen thought, hey, do you know what? I'm gonna, I think I should go to this worship night, um, you know, as the kind of godly woman that she is. Um, but she was also going on a night out afterwards, and so she thought this is a good place to kind of start her evening. Um, and, she thought, <laughs> and she thought that, you know, I'll come in, I'll just slip in at the back, it's going to be in the main church, it's going to be packed. Um, and, you know, and I'll just get in and out, no one will notice, and then I'll head off. Um, but little did Jen know um, that actually it wasn't here in the main church and it wasn't packed. Um, it was in the vestry and there were four of us. Um, and Jen was dressed in this amazing red dress, makeup hair, the works. Um, and I did as any worship leader would do and I closed my eyes and sung <laughs> my heart out to the Lord. Um, and Jen, it was, very, it, was, it was very funny, very awkward. But then... And then anyway, time passed and we met again at uh, a church night out, um, exchanged a few words. Um, and then, you know, we, we went to one of the most romantic and sophisticated of venues you could possibly end up. Um, and that was Inferno's. Um, skip forward a year later, I popped the question and, um, you know, 
here we are, here we are. Um, 4th of February, we got married this year, um, and, you know, four months into marriage, apparently, we have the answers that you are looking for this evening. Um, thank you for that. So, what we're going to share tonight is, is our experience. Um, if you're dating with a view to marry, um, this isn't a prescription about how to do it. Um, what we did might not be helpful for you. Uh, we're all different. Um, but hopefully it will give you some insight into the topic. Um, you might also have noticed that we're using the same uh, passage that Tim used last week. However, we're going to look at it slightly differently. So how do we date well into marriage? If and when marriage is uh, looking like a possibility, how do we best prepare ourselves for, for that transition? And we want to share some of our experiences in how we went about dating uh, into marriage. So firstly, thinking about how do you know if the person that you're dating is the person you should marry? It's a big question. And for me, it was about character. So having been in previous relationships, it had become clear that being able to see the person's character over time was really important, especially to understand where their commitment to God was and how and when they sought him. Was it just in the good times and not when the going got tough? For me, knowing Ben was actively pursuing a close relationship with God was, really, was a really good indicator of how he would approach our relationship in marriage. An ex-boyfriend once described his life to me as a pie chart. He told me that work occupied a quarter of this pie chart, um, playing golf occupied another quarter of this pie chart, family and friends occupied a third quarter of this pie chart. And at this point, I realized that God, me, and several other hobbies that he had were all sharing the final quarter of this pie chart. What a loser, eh? (laughs) (laughs) And and neither his relationship with God nor me were were an overall priority. So another key aspect for me um, in thinking about this question about um, how do you know was about spiritual maturity. So I asked Ben if he felt spiritually ready to lead a household just two weeks after our first date on WhatsApp. (laughs) (laughs) And that didn't scare him off. And after thinking about it for a few days, he said, yes, he did. Um, And part of knowing it was right to proceed was the feeling of peace that came from Ben's maturity and over time seeing his readiness to make sacrifices for the relationship. Um, Now, I'm not saying, ladies, that that is the question that you have to ask, but for me, knowing that marriage was something I wanted to pursue, this was a pretty important question. And for you, the question might be, what are your values, or what do you believe in, or what makes up your pie chart? If the person you're dating is someone that you'd like to marry, I want to encourage you to be bold and ask those important questions. And guys, it's it's not just the ladies asking the questions. That is so important to know what it is that the person you're dating stands for, what they value, um, and what is really on their heart. Uh, But for me, how, how did I know that Jen was the person that I wanted to marry? Well, it was through spending a lot of time together, um, through, through hanging out. Um, we went on lots of dates. We spent time together with friends, um, days out, and even at the gym. Um, and over time, my affection grew and grew 
for Jen. And I began to see Jen on a deeper level. I fell in love with her and I did what every guy um, would do. And I asked my dad, um, I asked my dad, how did you know that you wanted to marry, marry mom? And he just, he said the classic and sometimes very unhelpful phrase of, I just knew. Um, but what was great is I was able to, to talk to my dad. I was able to um, share my thoughts, my feelings. And it was really helpful to speak to someone who is who's older than I am, who's been married for, for over 30 years. Um, it was just fantastic to process that with someone um, who I trust and someone whom I love. Another important question that you might ask yourselves is, um, you know, have you been through different seasons together? Obviously not sort of spring, autumn, winter, spring, but, you know, th- through the highs and through lows. Have you, have, you, have you done something that is challenging together? Not that you should seek that, but it's a great indicator um, of how other people react in those times. So six months into our relationship, we experienced quite a, quite a difficult uh, season. I was going through job uncertainty, um, and Jem was experiencing um, a very difficult time with uh, health with two of her family members. Um, and during this period, we supported each other um, through prayer, through lots of prayer, but also practically through um, visits to the hospital or reading through applications. Uh, and it was, it was then that I realized our love for each other. It was, it was just deeper than a kiss in infernos. Um, it's being able to lean on the other person when you need to. And it's also the ability to be lent on uh, and to support that other person. You know, having the capacity to do that through things that are tough but still offer support just really solidifies and really can just bring you both together in those seasons. And this is what Paul is talking about in, um, in verse 10. You know, we've become devoted to one another into sharing in each other's good and difficult times. And we had adopted the mindset that Paul goes on to talk about at the end of that verse. Um, just because I was experiencing a difficult time didn't mean that I withheld my love from Jen. But what I did is I decided in the face of those situations um, to put Jen before me, to love her, to honor her, as the passage says. Um, you know, and very practically by spending Saturday nights driving to, um, driving to hospital and visiting family and things. And actually it might have just been easier to just stay at home. You know, I actively honored and loved Jen before myself, as it says in verse 10. And that is hugely, hugely beneficial for us. Um, And we found that, you know, going into marriage, it's become a daily practice, of putting the other one before ourselves. So how do we know? That was through spending time together, um, through seeing each other's character, through various seasons, and also through talking it through with someone else. Okay, so another key ingredient in dating well into marriage is setting boundaries. And perhaps the most obvious of these is the no sex before marriage boundary. So verse 9 says, we are to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And sex is such a special thing that God has gifted us with. And whilst we will all have different experiences, we encourage you in your dating life to honour the Bible's teaching and save sex for the context of marriage. Sex bonds us together, and without the commitment of marriage, we risk getting hurt. God wants to protect our hearts and cling to what is good, wholesome, and healthy for the stage we're at. 
For us, what helped us to develop and grow as a couple whilst dating and before getting married was to have that boundary firmly in place from day one. Instead of having a physical relationship, we tried to focus on communication, shared experiences, and serving together. And we weren't perfect. Um, there were occasions when, although we didn't have sex, we let our physical relationship go further than we should. And in those moments, I felt further away from Ben, and I felt further away from God. God is always with us, and he will never leave us. But the enemy will want to make us feel guilty. And if you're currently feeling guilt or shame due to a physical relationship, please know healing and grace can be found in Jesus. Every day is a new day. And as Romans 8 verse 1 states, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. There are many boundaries we can set um, whilst going through the transition of dating into marriage. They can be with family, with friends, work, or even with oneself. And um, one boundary that I set was to address some of the things that I was watching on TV. Um, I used to watch Game of Thrones. Um, I loved the story, the fantasy setting. I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, so it kind of ticked those boxes. Um, however, I, f- I felt really uncomfortable with all the kind of the sex scenes and the nudity that it had. Um, so I decided to stop watching it. You know, I didn't want to to actively watch and open up my heart to things uh, that could cause me uh, to stumble, things that were lustful and, and to tempt me. Um, you know, it just wasn't helpful for me to have that in my head and in my mind um, throughout the day. Um, and remember what Paul writes. He says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Lust and sexual temptation is flirting with evil. It's not what I wanted to be a part of my life. It's not what God has planned for my life either. So cutting things out like this can be really, really helpful. Um, and it's a great way to, to grow our integrity. Um, and what is, what is integrity? Um, for me, it's being the same person on and off stage. Uh, you know, if we say to our friends at work, if we go to, go to work tomorrow and we say, oh, no, I don't have sex with my, my boyfriend or my girlfriend because I'm a Christian. But then we go home and we watch porn or we are sort of letting other things that are unhelpful influence our lives. Um, You know, then perhaps maybe there's areas for us to grow in our integrity. Integrity in dating is massive. Um, I can't sort of stress that um, enough. We want to build our dating relationships and all of our relationships in this church on trust. And, you know, we want to take those into, if appropriate, marriage. It might be helpful for you to, you know, as, as a couple, if you're dating here tonight, or as an individual, just think about what are the boundaries I can set in my life? What are they, you know, is it, am, I, am I at home answering work emails? Um, or am I, uh, you know, am I drinking too much? Or whatever it is, just what are those boundaries that you know you could set in place? Uh, and I want to encourage you to talk those through with someone. Talk them through with someone that you trust, someone that you love, um, who can keep you accountable to those. You know, a close friend or a mentor. So uh, one thing that Jago and Tim both preached uh, about in the last couple of weeks was the importance of being in Christian community. So if you're single, get stuck into the community here at HTC. If you're dating, get stuck into the community here at HTC. And guess what? If you're married, get stuck into the community here at HTC. Life is definitely better in community. 
When we started thinking about marriage, we met up with a few married couples from HCC. We started to get to know them. We asked them some questions. Some of them prayed for us. Um, but we were careful not to just hang out with married couples. And we invested time in seeing other friends and um, spending time with our connect group. And we encourage you to surround yourselves with a healthy and diverse community. With people who have the qualities that Paul is talking about in verse 12. People who are joyful in hope, patient with you when times get hard, and willing to pray for you. Let's be a genuine community that supports each other. Not just with those who look, sound, and act like us, but we mean the whole community. From Jago and Susanna to those who have come to the church for the very first time tonight. It's also important to find people who can keep you accountable. Find people within this community um, who are for you individually and as a couple. Friends are so important. Um, They can celebrate with you uh, through all the good times um, and they can be there and pray for you and pick you up in the difficult times. They can also call you out on things that... um, maybe aren't healthy or aren't sensible in our lives as well. It was and is such a comfort to us both to know that there are people in this congregation, in this church, who are praying for us. But sadly, it wasn't always that way. So soon after we got together, um, I was told by a former member of our congregation that we all effectively have two chances uh, at a relationship in church. And after that, the implication was that you would become a social outcast and you would have to leave the church. And having already been in two different relationships in church, that was me finished with no third chance. And all too often, this this can be the way that we respond when people start dating. And let us not, as Tim was saying last week, be a judgmental community. What this person said to me was totally not true and not in the spirit of being joyful in hope or faithful in prayer. And I encourage you, I encourage those of you who are fearful of what others might think to step out and take a leap of faith and go for it. As many of you may know, there's a fairly big age difference between Ben and I. Um, When we got together, there were people who, without doubt, will have had an opinion on that, and that can be quite difficult to deal with. Um, But again, I encourage you to focus on what is important, our identity as sons and daughters of God not what other people think. So if not, we may never take a chance on, on, on dating. So I encourage you to, yeah, just don't, don't fear the judgment of others, but just step out in faith. And above all, keep going. Keep going in your relationship with Jesus. Don't make an idol out of marriage. Like marriage is amazing, but it's not the end goal. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's Jesus. Paul says, verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And for me, there is nothing more exciting than following Jesus and having my best friend support me. And it works the other way too. I love seeing Jen grow closer and closer to Jesus in her relationship. So each morning, um, we listen to the Bible in one year um, together. It's an amazing resource. Maybe it's something that as a couple... Um, you want to start doing and then maybe talk about it, what stuck out to you, what didn't. Um, uh, we, we, you know, we prayed together, which we could also be a lot better at doing. Um, though, you know, we, we do. I mean, it's something we started in dating and it's something we are kind of are continuing on with. Um, 
And we also run a connect group together, as Jen said earlier, which is great. Um, but we know that Jesus is number one in our lives. As much as I was so excited to be in a relationship with Jen and her with me, um, I, knew she, um, I knew that she wouldn't and will never compare to Jesus. Uh, and we might feel that if we find the special someone, that they will save us uh, from the longing in our hearts for companionship. But nobody can compare to Jesus because of what he's done for us. Amen? You know, while we were far off, he ran towards us. And he loved us, Romans 5, 8 says, whilst we were still sinners. Jesus came and died for us. He forgave our sin, paid the price of salvation. He rose again so that we could all be with him. I know it sounds cliche, but Jesus really is all we need. And, and it is a cliche, and it's difficult sometimes to hear that in a talk like this. But let me explain. Let me unpack that. Um, around Christmas 2015, um, I went through periods where I was, I was feeling just really down. I felt quite unlovable. I felt lonely. I was really, um, I was really low. Um, and one night, um, I went to the cinema, uh, and I watched the second installment uh, of the Hobbit trilogy. Um, great series. Um, <laughs> back to my nerd comment earlier. Um, and there's a scene uh, where Bilbo Baggins, the Hobbit, uh, is talking to Balin, one of the dwarves. And they're talking about one of the other dwarves um, who has gone mad through his love of gold. And they're talking, and, and Balin, he turns to Bilbo, uh, and he says, I've seen it before. That look, that terrible need, it's a fierce and jealous love. And right in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, that's the kind of love I have for you. Sorry, it's like my wedding speech all over again. Um, (laughs) He said, that is the kind of love I have for you, a fierce and jealous love. Instantly, I broke down in the middle of that cinema um, and I was overcome with the love of God. And my situation in that moment didn't change. Like, I didn't leave the cinema uh, in a relationship. I, I didn't leave, uh, I was certainly not leaving a, the cinema at The Hobbit. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, my situation didn't change. However, that was okay. That was okay because I knew that God's love for me was enough. And I know that it will always be enough. And that love, that jealous and fierce love, is available to us all this evening from our Father in heaven. Our situations might not instantly change today, um, but the fact that God loves you and that he will always love you will never change. Our calling in life is to be a follower of Jesus. And that charge is what Paul gives us um, in verse 11. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep going, keep the main thing, the main thing. You can translate that verse into something like this. Don't stop being enthusiastic, but keep your spiritual passion in serving God. And the message puts it this way. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't let marriage or the pursuit of marriage come in between your relationship with God. Don't let the fire that God has put in us, don't let it burn out. 
Let's keep supporting each other as we serve God in faith. Whilst we're single, whilst uh, we are dating, and whilst we are married. So to summarize, set some boundaries. Uh, Set them early on. Make sure you've got someone who can keep you accountable to those and support you in those. And let's remember to be a community that supports and loves each other, no matter what stage we're at. But above all, let's keep our eyes fixed on God. Amen.